0: It's time for Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And now your host, Doug Murin. Hey, thanks for joining us today. I want to kind of prep you for the message today. It's about questions Jesus asked, because we all all like to ask God questions, but really the great question asker is God, and I think you're going to enjoy the message today. So listen close. God bless you as you do. Our premise has been that we spend a lot of our time asking God why, And if you read the Bible closely, God has never been intimidated by any questions of man. And you find an interesting thing, Jesus never was all that worried about answering a question with a direct answer. He usually answered a question with another question. And so we have decided that this week and the next week will be the the final uh, message in this series, that we were going to come every week with our heart poised to allow the Lord to question us. I'm going to cough here, and I would like to save everybody's hearing. (sighs) That felt good. Did you ever have a cough get caught right about here, and it could go either way? (laughs) And the the question this week has to do with a a misunderstood statement that Jesus made. and, And yet he didn't bother to clear it up. And I'll talk about that a little later, why he didn't. Because, well, let's just say, it was called a hard saying. And it required some inquiry that going beyond the surface level and pressing in to find out the answer to uh, what he was saying. Uh, You know, Jesus really isn't all that impressed with our laziness sometimes. And uh, sometimes we see in the Bible, he deliberately veiled what he wanted to communicate in the form of parables or indirect statements or uh, questionings. And and he he really didn't bother to really make it absolutely crystal clear because he figured the human heart had the responsibility to press into God a little bit. He likes people who press into things. He has, of course, all the solutions and the answers, but he doesn't necessarily make them available to lazy people or people who are satisfied with a veneer relationship with him. He, he wants to make sure our hearts really are authentically pressing into him as, as the person that God sent to save us. That doesn't mean that this is only a faith for intellectuals. Certainly not. It, it, is, it is a faith for those who are hearty of heart and sincere of spirit and authentically willing to pay the price to fly first class if you want to get on first class. Men, uh, you know, I can tell right now we've got a serious problem in this service. The spirit of seriousness has come. And uh, turn to the person next to you and let's exercise that demon and let's, let's just, just look at him and say, Lighten up. Just lighten up in the name of Jesus. Here's a funny story. You know, one man has said, the myth of communication is that it has occurred. I like that. Uh, here's, here's, uh, I thought you'd enjoy this, though. This gentleman also was having difficulty getting his point across. This appeared in the uh, paper out of Pretoria, South Africa. Uh, the gentleman had placed an ad on Friday before, and on Monday, here is the correction they attempted to uh, uh, print, uh, to rectify misunderstandings that were happening in the small uh, area there. So the Reverend, here it reads, Monday's advertisement. The Reverend A.J. Jones has a color TV set for sale. Telephone 555-1313 after 7 p.m. and asked for Mrs. Donnelly, who lives with him cheap. That was Monday. Tuesday. We regret any embarrassment caused to Reverend Jones by the typographical error in yesterday's editions. It should have read, The Reverend A.J. Jones has a color TV set for sale cheap. Telephone 555-1313 and ask for Mrs. Donnelly, who lives with him after 7 (laughs) p.m. Wednesday. The Reverend R.J. Jones informs us as he has received several annoying telephone calls because of an incorrect advertisement in yesterday's paper. It should have read, The Reverend A.J. Jones has a color TV set for sale, cheap. Telephone after 7 p.m., 555-1313. And ask for Mrs. Donnelly, who loves with him. (laughs) Thursday. Please take notice that I, the Reverend Jones, have no TV set for sale. I have smashed it. I have not been carrying on with Mrs. Donnelly. She was until yesterday my housekeeper. Friday. Wanted a housekeeper. Telephone the Reverend A.J. Jones at 555-1313. Usual housekeeping duties, good pay and love in. (laughs) Uh, And then of course there are misunderstandings I thought you'd like this one This is in Dallas An airline baggage handler Who retrieved an animal carrier In a luggage bay of an airliner Uh, But the dog in it was dead With visions of lawsuits dancing in their heads They advised the woman passenger That her dog had been missent To another destination They disposed of the dead dog Meanwhile, they set out to search an animal welfare, within animal welfare agencies for a look-alike dog that was alive. They found one. An airline baggage handler put the substitute dog in the animal carrier with the woman's name and address on it and delivered it to her front door. She took one, one look and said, That's not my dog. She said, My dog is dead. I was bringing it home for burial. Laughter Uh, Things do get misunderstood. Well, Jesus was misunderstood in this chapter, he has just finished feeding multiple thousands with a handful of fish and bread. He's walked on water, and so he's quite a popular leader. I mean, he's a, a... personified, impersonal welfare program, and really quite a thrill to be around somebody that can walk on water. Thousands, tens of thousands are following him, and he pauses on a hillside and begins to teach. And he says a very succinct but poignant statement to them all that he knows, he knows, will cause some to leave him. He boldly states, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you cannot be my disciples. And the Bible says this caused an extensive furor amongst his listeners, and many were aghast with such a demand placed on Jewish people who, one, were not cannibals, and two, couldn't understand at all what he was saying. It didn't seem to bother him. He doesn't mind at all. That there could be the presentation of a hard brand of Christianity that is filled with hard sayings and at times very rigorous demands. Well, his response is, in verse 60, we'll read, he says, On hearing it, many of his disciples said, This is a hard saying. Who can accept it? And aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? "...the Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are Spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and who would betray Him." He went on to say, "...that is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father enabled him." Here's a, here's a biblical truth, one that is understood, misunderstood often. The choice to be a follower of Christ is always a spiritual activity and decision initiated by God. God the Holy Spirit. Many of you decided to become devoted followers of Jesus today. You could not make that decision on your own. You needed enablement by God to begin with Him. A proper beginning in God is an authentic birth by His Holy Spirit. Verse 66. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. And here is our question of the day. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to pose that question to each of us here. Okay, we're looking at uh, a study here in questions that Jesus asked. Uh, you know, we like to ask God questions, but we forget that Jesus actually was a great question to answer. But let me first introduce you to my friend Scott. We got a couple things we talked about. I've got a friend I wanted to introduce you to that, that represents a company that I'm really proud to be associated with. Hey, on the phone, we've got Scott from Faith Life and uh, Lexum Publishers, Press, I guess it is Lexham Press. And uh, I've asked Scott to, uh, they're, they're kind of partnering with us a little bit on the show. We're going to extend to you some of their products for gifts that you would present to the show. And you can go to our webpage and process all that at DougMurinRadio.com. But I wanted uh, Scott to share a little bit. Scott, highlight one of the products they could get off from Lexham Press that, uh, that, is, a, that is a good a good uh, piece yeah, of absolutely. study material.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so one <coughs> of the things that we have that just came out is a book called Christ Above All. Um, it's in a series of books we have called the Transformative Word Series. And essentially what um, these volumes do is they work through um, a book of the Bible and ask questions about how can we understand the way that those, uh, those texts speak to us today. Hmm. So this book in particular, Christ Above All, is about the book of Hebrews. So that's okay. one that... Uh, we're really excited about. It. Just came out pretty recently. Yeah, chapters focusing on who is Jesus. Uh, how do we understand uh, Jesus' humanity? How do we
0: understand the magnificence of Jesus? Wow!
1: How do we understand the Old Testament in Hebrews? It's a it's a great resource, and That's the series is book. a really excellent series. Great
0: book. As well. so, yeah. How much would that cost to buy? So that
1: one is twelve. That one is twelve ninety nine. Okay. Um, but we also have some other uh, books in that series as well. Okay. Um, and so yeah, there's there's several other. Um, Okay. Uh, uh, books in the series as well. So, yeah.
0: so if someone were to contribute to our show, go to our website at com and contribute anything. I'm just telling everybody, we're going to make sure Scott sends you out one of these books. And uh, we're excited about being able to offer that. You know, any size gift. We'll, we'll get the, the book in the mail to you. And uh, so is that some of your series have gotten some awards. I noticed the other day you got some outstanding materials besides that at your website.
1: Yep. That's right. Yeah. So one of the books, especially too, that we're just thrilled about, um, it's beautiful. Came out really well. Um, I use it for my own personal Bible study. Is a book called the Lexham Geographic Commentary on the Gospels. So it's kind of a mouthful. So let me explain it just
0: really. You quickly. sent me so, one of those, and I've I've been re- working through it. It's a very fascinating approach to the Bible.
1: Absolutely, yeah. So one of the, the way that the, this book works is that it's kind of like other commentaries, you know, where they'll explain certain pieces of the text or something like that. But this one in particular is really neat because what they do is they look at different small passages of Scripture, and especially for this one where we cover the Gospels. But So for instance, we might take the birth of Jesus, the birth narrative. So um, let's say you go to the first chapters of Luke, and uh, you're going to, to a familiar passage you're, you're used to. So for instance, we'll talk about Jesus being born um, and a stable. And so, what this what this book does, and the way that these scholars that came together put this together, they really help you to understand. Okay, what was the geography of the region at this time? How would the geography have shaped the way uh, that one would have understood the text? So, for mm-hmm. instance, um, there's going to be there's going to be an understanding of the first century uh, culture in terms of how roads work, in terms of how stables work, in terms of how some of these things are, and so what it will do is it's, it's really helpful for having a fresh insight and a fresh understanding for passages that we've maybe read um, mm-hmm. hundreds of times, even, right. having really fresh insights and, that and um, you're not going to normally get from a regular They're really
0: accessible so. to everybody. I've flipped through them. Or yeah, I know, and, that's, and, that's, and what's, uh, that's
1: what's wonderful about And, it. and if yeah. someone
0: wanted to help the show, I'll tell you, you can go to my Facebook, just simply Doug Murin at Facebook. And I put up the ad, the well whatever it is, the the site connection to uh Lexum and to uh uh Faith Life products and you can go there and spot any number of products for them as well. And the people at Faith Life are being so kind to us on our radio show, they're actually extending support to our show for every cell we get there that's that's significant. And so I want to encourage all the people who want to see the show, get out there. And we are about ready to go to some other shorter three-minute on the FM radio, pure grade, in-your-heart evangelism. And this is going to help us be able to do that. But if you can uh, want to help with the show and you want to grow in your knowledge, Scott and the guys here are ready to, to give you uh, this gift as a thank you from us. So thanks, Scott, for jumping in. I really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. We're really honored, really happy to do it. And, yeah, if there's anything we can do, definitely check out LexhamPress.com. That's L-E-X-H-A-M-Press.com. And you can learn more about our resources there.
0: Super. Thanks, Scott. We're going to get back to the show now, but I'll uh, be in touch with you again. Absolutely. Talk soon. Bye. Thanks, Scott. And now back to more Caught on Tape with Doug Murin. And here's our question of the day. You do not want to leave me too, do you? Jesus asked the twelve. And we're going to allow the Holy Spirit to pose that question to each of us here. You do not want to leave him too, do you? They give the illustration of Judas Iscariot, the great betrayer, but Jesus was not only anticipating his betrayal in subsequent weeks, he was looking around at the masses who ceased to follow him because the rigors of following Christ, they knew intuitively. I don't think the problem was so much they didn't understand what he meant by not you know being able to follow him unless they drank his blood and, and uh, ate of his body. That simply was his way of saying that unless you are fully identified with him, both the facets of the cross and the resurrection, the good and the intense, the easy and the demanding, unless you're willing to identify fully with Christ, You can't be His disciples. You can't make this just a kind of a self-help religion. You can't take a little bit of that, a little bit of this, and come up with something you feel warm about and say that is Christianity. Christ was saying, this is a very demanding thing. I'll tell you one thing. Many of you have become followers this morning. You will never be, be bored at all if you remain authentic. If you remain authentic about your decision to follow Christ, you have just launched out on the most demanding journey a human being can ever choose. And Jesus Christ was pressing them. He says, Hey, this is no shallow monkey business, gang. You're going to have to fully identify with my journey to the cross and on the other side in the resurrection. And they were stunned. I don't think they knew exactly what he was saying. In fact, we have reason to believe it was several years before the disciples fully understood what he was saying, and certainly weeks. Jesus looked around and they were leaving. He wasn't bothered, but he had a question Will you leave me too? I want to answer that question with you this morning because what Christ is really talking about is the real danger of apostasy. The real threat and danger of apostasy. And I know right off, those of us who've been in church for some time are saying, Now, wait a minute. I know once I'm saved, I'm always saved. People ask me if I believe that, and I say, Yes, I believe that once you are saved, if you continue being saved, you will always be saved. You're saved as long as you're saved. And yes, I do believe, I do believe that you have to work very hard at not being a Christian once you authentically receive Him. But on the other hand, I don't think we can run the luxury of being naive about the real and genuine threat to apostasy. I base this on three facts. One, in 1 Corinthians 10, which we will read in a moment as a, a teaching section to explain to us how to countermand the threat of apostasy in our life. In other words, if this sounds pretty harsh right now. When you get to the end of the message, you're going to feel better about this. I turn to the person next to you. You're going to feel better about this than you do right now. So just listen, keep listening. Don't worry about this. No one need ever worry about falling away from the Lord. Really, no one need ever worry about it once you've worried about it. Once you've faced it, you don't need to worry about it. It's those who don't think about it that ought to worry. The real threat of apostasy, which simply means abandoning what you once believed. That's all I mean by that word. The real danger, the real possibility of abandoning what you've once believed is present before us all. Me included and every single last one of you. One of the reasons I can base this statement on reality and fact is the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 10 that we all had better take note and understand that the factor of temptation is a very real one for everyone who walks on planet earth in human skin. How many have ever been tempted? How many frankly would be honest and say that temptation at times has seemed to be more powerful than you? The second reason I base This concern about the factor of apostasy is that the very culture and tenure tone of our time causes there to be sociological and psychological factors that press us toward the potential of apostasy. Now, we don't happen to live in a country where we're going to be tortured for our faith, at least not yet. Some of us may get, you know, razzed on the job or Pressed on a job or badgered. Some of us may really lose jobs. But, and, and some of us have received Christ from cults such as Mormonism or, or, or Jehovah Witness. And we've come genuinely out of religion into a real relationship with Jesus Christ. And our families rejected us. Well, we face those kinds of rejections. But I'll tell you, there's a greater danger for those of us who are believers in America. The Bible says in 1 Timothy 4 that in the end times, the last days, many shall abandon the faith or apostatize. Many will abandon the faith in the last days because the tone of the ages will become more and more anti-Christ when outside Christ. Now, I don't know what my eschatology is. I kind of am an, I'm, I'm an optimist. You know, give me two days, I can see the good in everything. The first day is pretty rugged sometimes, but by the second day, you know, matter what, I can be pretty optimistic. But I'll tell you, I happen to believe this, that the kingdom of God is going to get stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and there are going to be more and more and more and more Christians and those who follow God are going to get gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder and gooder. And And yet that which is outside Christ is going to become more and more and more and more and more subtly anti-Christ. And there will be at some point, the Bible says, a great clash of those two uh, approaches to the one who created this planet. And then Christ shall return. We live in a culture that frankly... Persecution is more subtle and more dangerous. We live in a culture that aggrandizes man, that aggrandizes our comfort, and is a very, very dangerous culture to try to be a truly authentic, devoted Christian because it's so cotton-pick and soft. Trust me, I'm right. Trust me. The third reason I base my concern about apostasy and say it is a real threat for us all to face is the way we mature as individuals and grow in Christ. There are thresholds of great vulnerability that we all face. And I'll talk about those a little later in the message. There are genuine thresholds that life itself presents to us where many abandon their faith that we want to be wise about. Thresholds of of maturation, thresholds of experience, For example, I know the first six months in anyone's life who's decided to be a Christian, from the the first six months after you decide to be a believer, are the most critical in your life as a Christian. Most of your habits as to how you will approach God are developed in that six-month span. And if good ones are not developed, it will be very difficult subsequent to that to go back and rebuild some foundations there. Very critical time. Nonetheless, I know... There comes a time when you learn the basics and the initial thrill of new information begins to wane a little bit. And the startling discovery comes that just knowing about it isn't good enough that you really are supposed to do something about. It's another critical threshold. When God begins to not simply pat you on the, on the head when you, when you kind of disobey Him, but he, but he really gets a little serious about it. And He says, don't just be a hearer, but be a doer, bud, or you're going to be... in. Terrible shape. Now, I wasn't going to share this question with you today. I had a whole other sermon outlined, and it's just a wonderful one. Ready-made for a lot of pats on the back. And Thursday, I felt the Lord direct me to this issue and this question. God, the Holy Spirit, is concerned about us here at That We aren't taking seriously the real potential for apostasy. The real danger of it. Some of us are getting sloppy, and we're about to pay a serious price for it. I'll tell you what, the Bible says someone who's begun strongly in the Lord, who abandons their devotion to Him, the Bible says will end up in a worse state than they were before they even considered Christ. And I'll tell you why. There's something about the human spirit when truth is left undone that taints us, it hardens us, it builds a harsh, almost a bullet-piercing veneer over our lives. And we say, well, I already know that. And it's hard to come back. You don't just come back anytime you want. So once you get on board, stay there. Believe me, I've been at this 20 years. I've watched a lot of people start strong. I've watched many finish strong. I've seen a lot more start strong than finish strong. I've watched people to have two and three months, maybe two years of insanity, brief periods of apostasy in their life, only to discover that what happened in those Spans of time in their life caused scars and wounds that would trace them the rest of their life and would undermine much of the joy that God intended for them. Thankfully for God's grace, He always has this certain promise that when we are authentic and genuine about our return to Him, that He will restore the years that the locusts have attempted to eat. Again, that was a message I shared uh, uh, the last couple of weeks a few uh, years ago. Not, not, a, not, not light years, but it was uh, given to a group of people who were in a serious Bible study about this stuff. Now, uh, these shows, I want to tell you, are uh, listener-supported. Uh, I have some friends who uh, help cover airtime and some of the expense of, of taping this, but uh, we've got some giveaways we've already shared about it in, a, in a show here. You can go to our website called the Doug Muirn Radio, dot com, probably the best place to go, and uh, or you can mail any contributions to uh, 1806 5th Street, 1806 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, W E N A T C H E nine eight eight zero one. And I'll tell you, we are raising money for evangelism on on a, a different format than the Christian oriented radio show. We're we're wanting to do some little spots, three minute, little short, little sort of like. Uh, the rest of the story Paul Harvey used to do, only, only sharing the gospel. If you'd like to help us do that, now's a great time, and we'll put it to work sharing the gospel. It's not going to go to any over it. It's literally going to go to cover our airtime here and on there. So thank you for, once again, going to com, and it'll guide you how to how to give there. Really appreciate the gift. If, if you can give this month, as we've already stated on the program, we've got the product that we'll send out to you. Caught on Tape with Doug Murin is a listener and friend-supported program. Your help with the show and expanding the evangelism events of Doug Murin is appreciated. You can write Doug Murin caught on tape at one eight zero six Fifth 5th Street, Wenatchee, Washington, 98801 or online at DougMurinRadio.com.